0: y'all this is your brother from another mother this is da Brada coming to you on july the 26th 2023 it's about a quarter after 12 of iron standard time as always hope y'all are good today i wanted to do a quick one today um it's not going to be long but it's going to get right to the point basically and something that i call medical misunderstandings and i think a lot of y'all will be able to resonate with this i'm a tad bit hot about this particular subject right now, and you'll understand in a second. But if you, if, uh, you are, if you are struggling with your medical professionals, your doctors, if you feel as though you can't get a straight answer, if you feel as though you're getting jerked around and that you are just consistently popping pills to no end, not really getting better, but just maintaining then this podcast is definitely for you, friends. Because I feel you. I'm there. Um, so this morning I had a a telehealth appointment with my immunologist, and and I'll just be honest. As of late, I've been not really mad at her. I just haven't really understood what's what's going on. So she and I had a discussion, and she was able to understand my feelings on a couple of topics that I'm going to share with you. It is, uh, it's amazing the things that these medical, that, uh, these medical professionals put us through. Um, and this is no fault to her at all, but I'm going to kind of explain what happened to me recently. And then another time (laughs) I was really mad about that. I've gotten over it, but it's worth a mention because the severity of these medical professionals misunderstanding what's going on with you and giving you a misdiagnosis is a big deal. You know, I was reading through. I, w- I was reading through Apple News and I saw this article. It, it came out from a number of different sources, but the source that I'm going to quote is going to be from USA Today, and I want to read you just some things that were that were uh, in there it's it's kind of sobering you know but um first it says top medical researchers are sounding the alarm that an estimated 795,000 american patients continue to die or become permanently disabled each year because they are being diagnosed with the wrong conditions now granted that's not millions and millions you know um and this is not a slight on doctors at all cuz i know they're doing the best that they can i know that they're inundated with patients but with anything that we do in this world at some point there comes there comes a there comes a certain level of expectancy from us who are looking for you all doctors help that you all just need to meet you know I'm aware of of the Hippocratic Oath that a lot of doctors take that they're going to uh, just to paraphrase that they're gonna do everything that they possibly can to help you and they're gonna be honest about that but when you consider Big Pharma is pushing is pushing them and pushing uh, their products and their drugs and and with everyone who has an agenda It increasingly becomes harder and harder to not actually be 100% honest. It's easier just to tell people, hey, you know, I think you got this going on, so why don't we just put you on this and see what happens. I mean, this is your life that we're talking about here, friends. You know, your life is more important than just popping some pills and being done with it. And I think some doctors really need to start understanding the fact that It's fine that you're looking for your kickbacks. That's fine. But when it comes to human life, now, granted, Mm -hmm. these are only numbers that they were able to quantify. Who knows? It, It could be an even larger set. It could be a larger volume amount of people, right? And this is just in America alone. Worldwide, different story, obviously. But the article, it continues on and says, for years, the public hasn't known much about the full scope of medical misdiagnoses that happen in the U.S., according to a new report released by the John Hopkins Armstrong Institute Center for Diagnostic Excellence. So anybody that knows anything about hospitals and medical institutes know that, in terms of John Hopkins, the best. My dad, he went there. For his cancer treatments you know um, so pretty reputable you know the source where the report has come from it goes on to say until now estimates of annual incorrect diagnoses have varied widely the report says now researchers say an estimated 371,000 patients die and 424,000 are permanently disabled each year because they are incorrectly diagnosed across a range of medical care settings, not just in the family doctor's office. so so you know in terms of you going to see your PCP or your family doctor or else if you get referred out to a specialist across the gamut, these doctors are messing up basically. okay they're messing up. Now it does say to the credit of doctors, overall medical providers misdiagnose diseases about 11% of the time. report says some diseases are missed at low rates whereas others are missed more than half the time researchers found now these a few of them stroke sepsis pneumonia pulmonary embolism lung cancer right just to name a few i saw in the article heart attacks obviously that's a big one uh and you know with the hypertension and the high blood pressure that we have here in the states and you know the many people that are obese from overeating or genetics um, you know that it doesn't make it easier right so yeah there's there is not just it's not just the doctors right we have to do our part as patients as as people that want to actually have good health but the decisions that you make obviously are going to dictate what these doctors can do and what they can't do right so at some point you know you do you do have to step up you do have to do your part it's not enough just to say well you know these doctors always screw up no not always i mean yeah there is the potential that they miss some things sometimes but if you're not missing those little debbies if you're not missing that rack of ribs right then you know there's there's enough blame uh, to go around you know so So let's not uh, try to put it all on doctors, but y'all doctors, y'all are messing up. Y'all are definitely messing up. So the report found that reducing diagnostic errors by 50%, 50%, okay? So that's half the time you go to the doctor. If these doctors can reduce their errors, then obviously it would cut permanent disabilities and deaths by about 150,000 per year. Now, those are just with the numbers that they gave that doesn't necessarily mean that those numbers are accurate 100% accurate right of course it was a field study so it wasn't across the whole medical community and spectrum right it was just a- across the diseases and different things that i guess kind of like a sampling of of uh of uh, uh whoever they chose basically right um those are, those are the numbers. Now, you can multiply that. This, this, now, we're talking exponentially that we could potentially have hundreds of thousands, if not possibly close to millions of people misdiagnosed every year, every day. <laughs> and it's either resulting in them becoming permanently disabled or having some type of ailment long-term um, that was chronic, that, well, that uh, was acute. It could have been uh, treated. now it's chronic, right? And um, and all at the behest of just not doing their jobs. I mean, it's not enough, docs. That you know, y'all thought you know, um, it's just it's just not enough uh, to make mistakes fifty percent of the time. That's just that's unacceptable, obviously. I mean, the rate of return on that fifty percent of the time it's a crapshoot when you uh, when you go to the doctor, and you know, honestly, that's kind of how I felt out here with the things that I've been going through while I've been able to get my cell counts up. Thank God for that. Right. I'm I still have symptoms. I still have issues that I'm dealing with asthma and bronchiostasis. So I thought. So I'm on the the phone this morning with the immunologist and she's looking through everything and she's like, oh, my God, hey, everything went up. She was like, yeah, she was like, but you still have have, uh, you know, uh, particular issues and symptoms. I was like, yeah, every day. And so uh, she was like, you know, in terms of, of what I'm seeing, and she said, well, in terms of your bronchiostasis, it's like, well, and so then she starts asking me questions, which I thought was weird, right? But I know her, so when she starts asking me questions, that means that she's trying to understand something that is varying from what I'm telling her versus what she's seeing in records versus what she knows. And so she's like, so this, and so the bronchiostasis, And so she's like, have you had any CT scans? I was like, yeah, I've had a lot of them. And so she went back and checked. And she basically said, well, I'm looking at these. And she's like, there's really not anything in here um, that is specifically saying that you have bronchiostasis. I was like, "Skirt, hold up. Hold up. I said, doc. I said, "Um, the pulmonologist uh, who I'm seeing, he diagnosed me with that. And he said, because of the pseudomonas, that's the superbug, that apparently has rip and bored and actually was the catalyst for my bronchiostasis or something else that had happened to me in the past. And the way that he put it was, I have a large area in my right lung that seems to be damaged. And people that know what bronchiostasis is, it's not reversible. So the more lung you mess up, you know, the lower quality of life you're going to have your lungs. So you have to, you know, obviously uh, look into having oxygen, lung replacement, or, you know, uh, the worst happens, which, you know, I told her, I said, you know, the funny thing is I've always taken care of myself, always eating good. Even when I haven't eaten good in the past, I still ate good, right? So if I had fried chicken, I would always make sure to have a solid vegetable with it, typically green beans, right? And a lot of it, not seasoned, just plain steamed green beans. So I said, I, you know, I always offset the bad that I do. And so she's like, that's good. But she said, I'm just telling you right now. She was like, well, what I'm seeing here, and she was like, you know, she was like, I can't necessarily say that your bronchiostasis is bad. I was like, well, the pulmonologist said that it's bad. She's like, no. I was like, so she could see that I was getting frustrated. So we keep talking and then you know, like she's asking me about symptoms. I said, yes, I have a cough, I cough all day, mucusy, all that. And so she was like, what did the doctor say about that? I was like, well, you know, he said that is just, um, he said that's just a side effect of asthma. And she was like, okay. But she was like, there has to be a cause for it. I said, you know, I've been screaming that for months if not a year and a half now. And so she basically was just like, look, Like, she was like, I'm just going to level with you. Like, she said, you know, she was like, and I quote, like, she says, I know, I know the doctor in question, you know, he's well-educated, but she was like, everything that you're telling me, everything that's in the charts is not lining up and so she was like you know they they want to be more reactive so when i have a flare-up right rather than actually helping me find out why i'm having flare-ups if it truly is this bronchiostasis asthma a combination of two or something else it would be good to have the answer to rule out autoimmune and, and different things like that you know um that's that's another doctor obviously but still to rule out from each perspective now i've had other doctors and specialists and they have been able to rule out things on their end so they understand what i'm doing it's classic it's what anybody does get tested and then see what falls out from it then slowly try to put some treatment in there and see if it you know and see if it changes anything if so keep doing it if not then try something else so we found some things that are working but not everything is working i told her i said i have this cough every day and i have ungodly amounts of drainage every freaking day and i said Sometimes I choke on it. It makes me not feel good, right? Like, I just had an episode earlier, you know. I had one last night, earlier this morning, actually, right? Just felt like junk. And so she's like, well, you know, that's the issue is that they're not really being proactive. They're being more reactive. So they pretty much, the pulmonologist has said, you know, if you have a flare-up, then let us know. We'll put in a prescription for antibiotics, and then, you know, boom. And I've always kind of had an issue with that, and I'm like, okay, look, you know, if you say that I have something and it's not reversible just offering me medicine right is that the only course in treatment like are you for sure that this is what you're seeing so so she looked through and she was like yeah she's like I'm not seeing nothing that matches what you were told and she was like contrary to that she said I'm seeing I'm seeing something that says the possibility of bronchiostasis so it's all in the words, right? If it, if if there's a possibility that you have something, without testing further, without digging in, how are you going to know that the possibility is a reality? This is just common effing sense. It's just common effing sense. And so I obviously was pissed, and I told her, you know, and she was like, you have every right to be upset. And I said, you know, this is the thing. I've been dealing with these people. I can't get a straight answer from them. They lump me together, and they say, well, everybody else on the island has bronchiostasis, so that's probably what it is. What the hell? <laughs> bronchiostasis is something that is specific that has to be caused by having an infection in your lungs or something that has infected your lungs. So if you're not for sure, you you don't just lump some a bunch of people together like this is the common cold. This is bronchiostasis. This is the damaging of the, of your lung. I mean, what the hell? And so she's looking at trying to do some some. Uh, uh, replacement therapy and stuff for, for, uh, myself. So, you know, even though uh, my cells are up, re, you know, trying to reinforce them even more could stave off anything going on if there is something going on. Or if I do this, then I, well, then I'll be able, like, to see, okay, well, there's something going on. So I would get more definitive answers, right? But, so she was really She wasn't really upset because the way that she put it was like she was like, I've seen this all the time. This is typically what they do is they will just kind of be more reactive in their treatment for you, but not necessarily try to do things that help you to be more preventative. And I was like, yeah, that's what I've been going through. And I have consistently been trying to engage uh, the pulmonologist, you know, and be like, hey, what should I do? What should I do? And their advice is always the same. Oh, just let us know if you need some antibiotics. Or come in if you want to talk to them. What the hell do I want to come in and talk to somebody about? I already know what I got going on. So it's like, but when you say it potentially could be this, it potentially could be that. But the fact that you have asthma in there, uh, that's what it is. I didn't really like the diagnosis. You know, I didn't really like the way that it was delivered. It wasn't something definite. It didn't feel like it was like, okay, this is what it is. It was more just an educated guess. And he kind of even said that, too. So, friends, I guess the point that I'm trying to make there is that, you know, when you're going into these doctors, you know, with this report that I saw on USA Today and CNN, I mean, it came out, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, if you've heard about him, he's always on Good Morning America, trusted medical advisor uh, to uh, GMA, as well as... A a trusted doctor you know um, you know there's nothing wrong with trying to seek second and third opinions now here in the islands there's not a lot of of options you know so I mean I can go to the mainland but with my insurance you know it's more for for uh, for the state of Hawaii so I kind of have to to figure out you know if I ever want to do that how do I go about doing that like for out-of-state because out-of-state claims pay differently than in-state obviously so, and and depending on what it is that you're going to go and get seen for, you know, that, that could be the difference between you eating um, and not eating. <laughs> so, because, yeah, the cost of medical insurance still is just ungodly crazy. Um, you know, I work for an insurance company, so I know. And I love them. I love them uh, for what they do, but they got to do their jobs. And they can't just uh, go off and willingly pay for everything, right? And I think these doctors know that. So with the help of the pharmaceutical companies, they helped to push a whole bunch of drugs onto us. So, you know, kind of like with Microsoft, when, when they release a brand new operating system, we're all the guinea pigs, right? That's essentially what it is like for medicine. Well, let's try this and see if this works, right? And, and with these numbers, 50% of doctors are misdiagnosing. I mean, you know, when I went in to see the doctors, I already kind of had a false sense of security because I tried my hand at this on on Oahu and the doctors uh, that I had there were, were much better, but they were just inundated. And they told me as such, you know, but when it was my turn and they saw me, they were thorough. Here, you know, it's a smaller island. There's more people, less doctors. So, you know, it's, uh, you're like cattle. Uh, you're gonna get rushed in and rushed out. So you have to make sure that you stop these folks and tell them, hey, listen, I'm not just another person. While I know in the grand scheme of things I am to you. This is my life. As soon as I get done talking to you, I'm the one that has to go back and deal with the symptoms and deal with the poor quality of life, not you. You know, so these doctors, they're empathetic to a point, but at the end of the day, it's like, well, that's you, you know, you gotta do what's right for you. No, what's right for me is that is that if I'm paying you, right, to help me find out what's wrong with me, that you do your job and you do it well. I get that you're human and that you're going to make mistakes, but 50% of the time, that means anything coming out of your mouth, it could be sus, (laughs) suspect, that is. So, friends, you really got to be on top of your game. You know, you really do with these doctors because after talking to my immunologist this morning, like, she's like, well, listen. She was like, this is what I want to do. And she told me, like, uh, uh, her plan. And she says, not for the asthma. There's things that I can help you with there. The bronchiostasis, like, she's like, I'm not saying that you don't have it, but I. But she was like, I am saying that it's not as bad as it that um, you've been led to think, and I said, you know, doc, that's really pissed me off because consistently I have been hearing this same, the same response from doctors, and it's really starting to get aggravating, that you know I'm being misdiagnosed because, close to, 20 years ago. When I was living in Newton, Kansas. At that time, I was young. I was working in Wichita for a dental company. I was working for Delta Dental. And I lived in Newton. So people that know where Delta Dental is over on the east side of Wichita, right? And so Newton's about 20, 30 miles north. So every day I would trudge down there and trudge back every day. So at that time I was under an immense amount of stress. And, and a pressure, you know. Um, at that at that time I was married uh, to my now ex and, and let's just say I was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. I was doing a lot of this, the grinding, the working long hours and working uh, multiple jobs just to make ends meet. So it took a toll on me. I willingly did it, you know, because I was supposed to do that, um, you know. But in the process of doing all that, I don't know if it was that reason or maybe it was the stress of it, or maybe the stress of my relationship with my ex at that time, which uh, there was a lot. But what happened was basically, I went in to go see my primary care physician. And he basically was like, hey, you have GERD. So he put me on some medication, Omeprazole. Omeprazole, what this does basically is that if you have GERD or if you have acid reflux, it actually helps to quiet down the acid pumps. And for the most part, it turns them off or lowers them, and so that when you're eating, then you don't have as much acid in your stomach, which could cause you to have acid reflux anger like symptoms. So I said, okay, you know, and that was his diagnosis. Okay, so he was so he said, yes, this is what you got going on. Here's what we do. So I started, you know, on his on his uh, regimen, all about one every. You take one 30 minutes to an hour before you eat. So I started on you know uh, uh, this I think it was the 20 milligram one it really didn't work so he pushed me up to the 40 milligram one it really didn't work it was causing me more symptoms so in the long run you know I kept having issues and symptoms I would have these flare-ups at night so I would call and talk to the nurse on call so the nurse on call I'm not going to say that she was pissed off, but you could tell that uh, she was kind of annoyed. And I get it, but at the end of the day, it's like, your boss told me to do this, and it ain't working. And I'm the one that has to go down, like, to Wichita every day and go work. You know, so I need you to help me get right or figure out what I can do to get on the track or path to being right. So, systematically, literally... You know, I didn't complain, but I was just concerned, like, hey, can we try to deal with this? That was it. That was his diagnosis. He wasn't going to change it. And he told me as such he wasn't going to change it. I was like, well, it's the wrong diagnosis, obviously, because I got a second opinion. You know, I was talking to the pharmacist, you know, also, and they basically was like, yeah, um, there's something else going on here. You need to get that looked at, because typically if you take the you omeprazole, know, it should help you it should help and lower your acid allow you to eat and not flare things up worse well come to find out many years later when i moved out here and i lived on oahu i went to go see a doctor at castle A shout out to castle you know for like for being there for me and i saw a dr garvey a shout out to him he basically was like you know listen he's like yeah you need to sit down typically when doctors tell you that that you need to sit down it's like "Uh oh and he was like he was like, so he was like, here's the deal. He was like, Everything on your charts looks great. Everything looks good. He was like, You're a healthy man. He was like, Why you're having these symptoms? He was like, I don't know, but whoever told you that you had GERD, you don't have GERD. I was like, Say what? He was like, You don't have GERD. I was like okay. I was like he's like, Yeah, he was like and I know that they told you that. You were put on omeprazole I saw your charts and he was like, That was that was a misdiagnosis. Y'all, I lived with that. I had that. I was told that about six, seven years ago. Six, seven years ago, I was in my late 30s. I started on Omeprazole when I was in my early 20s. So here I am taking this medication all these many years, and I actually caused myself to possibly have something chronic happen to me because of this misdiagnosis. And the doctor was like, it's a straight miss, and he showed me why. And I was like, Wow. I said wow and so he asked me what did the doctor do when you went back in and you tried different things I was like he just was like he was he was non-responsive it's like he didn't care and he said yeah that's typical he was like most doctors I don't know what they're doing right when you do something or when you figure out something you know if you have a breakthrough and you bring it to them they will always negate it like when, like, uh, when my cells uh, went up a few weeks ago, most of the specialists negated it. They said, Yeah, well, you know, it could have been because of an infection. It's like, No, dude, it went up. Like, isn't this what we've been after? Was the cells that go up? So now that they're up, why wouldn't you celebrate that? But that's doctor's job is to always be pessimistic and to always think the worst. Hope for the best, right? Hope for the best, but think the worst. It's Bass backwards, if you ask me. That's the way it is, and friends, I can, I can, you know, with with having all these medical misunderstandings from these providers, these doctors, you know, these specialists. I mean, it's really hard to try to tell you what's the right thing to do. It truly is because I have people. Who I know, who have been diagnosed, who are going through things right now—they absolutely are—and it's like they feel the same way. They like, they can't get a straight answer from these doctors, and why is that? And I told them, why should they? I mean, most doctors have been in a power position for a long time. Obviously, the more out you know, the more out out in the population who are having issues. The more that you got to treat you know the higher probability that you can get away with you know kind of half assing it you know and again this is not a slight on all doctors because there's some daughters that are great and for the most part all of my daughters are great but there are a couple that have been suspect and obviously now you know my inkling you know that the inner voice in me yeah. It's been telling me something's not right with that. Something's not right with that. But I didn't have any definitive scientific medical proof until now. So now I have the proof. And and these other doctors are pointing all back to, okay, well, what's going on with the pulmonology department? And every last one of them have told me, yeah, it looks like all, their, it says that, all, all that they're doing is uh, they're just in maintenance mode. Uh, they're not trying to, to do anything to determine how they can assist you with the asthma or make a recommendation to get additional assistance like other does not. So these doctors, this is how they are. They will wipe their hands of you. They'll do what they need to do in their realm. But sometimes, unless you ask, they won't tell you. And in my case, that's what happened. They didn't tell me that this is what their thinking was. They didn't even put it in my, in my, in my uh, notes. But the way that they're caring for me That's showing, right? Very standoffish, which is weird. Don't necessarily want to chime in. And, you know, I really have to scratch my head at this. Like, okay, why all this? Like, you see what I'm going through. And you sat there in front of me and you had compassion. But in the grand scheme of things, when I get that bill, I see what you're really doing. You're tacking it on and you're patting it on. Am I, you know, and looking at the, at the charges on the insurance. I mean, you talk about, uh, they're getting you for simple things. They're getting you for simple things, getting you for a lot. They've raised their rates on doing telehealth and it's like, it's a never ending, it's a never ending battle. Like we, we as patients are never going to have the rights and the freedoms that we should have in terms of our medical care and getting the best care possible. As long as there is some way to exploit the system, it will be done. And as long as the majority here, which is the doctors, know that and have an end to do that, we will always be the casualties. I don't know how the saying goes, but it's like, you know, hey, like out of 100 people, if 75% uh, don't make it, it is what it is. Darwin wins. Hell no, that's not good enough. But that's what they're doing. Now, doctors, if y'all are overworked, then you need to open your mouth get help. Start augmenting your staff. We're not in the pandemic anymore. So I'm sure that there's help out there, there's help available. But it all starts with you being ethical. Are you going to do what's right for the patient or are you going to do what's right for your pocketbook? Nine times out of ten, you know what these doctors are choosing. And it's really aggravating because you know, to sit here and start getting these answers, my condition, whatever it is, I haven't really truly fully got a full diagnosis. It took until it took it took close to six years just to get a diagnosis. But now the diagnosis that I have and the way that it was provided to me, because I keep notes on everything doesn't jive with what people are seeing on CT scans. So what's going on? Or rather, what's not going on? So friends, all I can really tell you here is basically that you definitely need to own this and be responsible like for your health. Uh, your health is important. Your health situation needs to be prioritized. And unfortunately, it's your job to make sure that you let these doctors know in more ways than one that you mean business. If you don't, if you don't, then they'll just listen at you. They won't listen to you because you need them, and they know that. And that, to me, right there, that is the arrogance that I think needs to go bye-bye. That's the arrogance that needs to go bye-bye. Because a lot of a lot of these daughters are very arrogant, but they don't really perform. They don't show up. And if they do show up, then it's 50% of the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's not good. Those odds are not good for them. They need to change that up. So, so you know, you need to stay on top of, of uh, your medical game. You just do. There's going to be those times where doctors get it wrong. Misdiagnoses are a big deal. A very big deal. If they miss something important, it can be fatal. So you need to take your health seriously. Because I can tell you right now, nobody else is. So despite what you're hearing, what you see on these commercials, how much we care, okay, well, show it, don't, you know, it's like, show me. Show me. Like, let me see it. That way you can not only have a good understanding of this, but even get it written so that it's somewhere on paper. And then go take that get second, third opinions or more if you need to. At some point, you need to, okay, you, need to you need to, call it. Like you need to say, okay, this is what I got going on. And you got to move into the grief stage and then learn to accept it, right? Which I'm trying to do. I definitely am. But when a doctor comes along and says, yeah, well, I don't and and so she's like I don't really look at CT scans much because of what I do but she says I know how to read them and she's like from what I'm reading this is what's really going on I was like lovely I was Like I wish I could have known that and so she concurred and, and she's like yeah that kind of sucks but she says I know that doctor the doctor in question that's more proactive or sorry Um, reactive. That's just like, hey, if you need medicine, call me. I'll put it in. I'd even want to get a follow-up going, nothing like that. Just, you know, whatever you need. And I appreciate that, but what I would appreciate more is basically listening to me, taking the time to actually listen to me. And so the doctors uh, will argue, well, I don't have the time. So what, a human life isn't worth the time? I mean, obviously not, because we're just casualties of war. It's just what happens when whatever happens, right? It only matters when it when it matters to them. It doesn't really matter that it's you involved. It just matters when it matters to them. If they're a hundred from meeting quota, you matter. If you're not, then you just sit there, dumbfounded, scratching your head, wondering. And that has to stop. It really does. To me there's no need or room or place for it in today's society i think we all have our own responsibilities that we should be held accounted to and accounted for and what a doctor's yours is to actually give the best advice possible or give the best direction possible make the disease something fruitful to understand not confusing So when I tell you the things that I've been diagnosed with, now I got to put an asterisk by it, like Barry Bonds. It might not truly be that. (laughs) So I asked her, I said, well, I'm still having these other symptoms like allergies. And she's like, you know, she's like, yeah, she's like, that could potentially be allergies. But she also was like, you know, this is a different area that we're talking about here that you're having trouble with. And so I said, that's true. And then she assured me that she's gonna do whatever it takes like to get an answer. So when I went into this meeting, I was a bit apprehensive because I was trying to tell her I just need to change my diet. That'll help the cells. It won't help the other ailments, but it'll help the cells. So I proved that And so at this point now it's really just, okay, well, she's gonna try to get me some immunotherapy going to see if that helps if she can stimulate my immune response. So you know, that's really all I can do. I'm at the mercy of I'm at the mercy of another human being, another professional, another medical professional, and hoping that one they can come with with something more definite that they're just not guessing but friends that's the state of that's the state of our medical system and medical care many other countries around the world have gotten it right why can't we so if you're like me friends in closing and you and you've been uh and if you've been uh, if you've been diagnosed with something a disease, a condition or something get a second opinion sooner than later try to make understanding of okay, is this really what I'm dealing with? but once you find out what you're dealing with then be very diligent and proactive in doing what you need to do to help prevent and make it worse don't be like the rest of these idiots out here and just keep on and keep on eating wrong even though that you you know that you shouldn't or not taking your medicine because you don't want to no do what's asked of you and at the end of the day you know if you've done everything that you can do this is just the nature of being human there's so much out here in our air in our water in our resources that it just gets at us It's the sad reality that we live in. But I have faith. And I know that everything will turn out all right, not just for me, but also for you. So my continued prayers to Jah for you, for healing and perseverance and patience, allow these humans to try their best to help you But as mama always said, don't trust anybody. One love is always, y'all. This the brother.